I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Ontario, Canada. He works at uh, Velasio as the solution, a senior solution architect. He was first awarded as MVP in 2020. He speaks to various communities, university, uh, tech talks, and other in-person and virtual events. He's passionate in learning and implementing technologies like Bitcoin, Ethereum blockchain, and Hyperledger blockchain. So it'll be interesting to unpack that with him. You can find links to his bio, social media, anything that he's producing online. We'll have him in the show notes. Welcome to the show, Ashish. Thank you very much, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here with you after a long time. So I'm very inspired by your show and uh, to become an MVP. So good. So good to have you on there. Tell us a bit about life in Ontario. Food, family, and fun. What do you What do you do when you're not working? Sure. So I live in uh, Toronto, Ontario. Uh, it's one of the uh, one of the happening city in, in in Canada. So what's what's new here? Uh, quite a cold uh, when compared to other part of the world and. Uh, uh, it, we have very long winter time, so I'm not used to the. Sometime when I moved to Canada, like a few years back, I was not too used to uh, this kind of temperature. So I have to accommodate myself um, and new condition, everything new, right? So that's again um, uh, happening when I moved here. Now around when it comes to uh, food, I'm actually still uh, and from when I moved here, I'm 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 more like a uh, food. Uh, uh, foodie guy uh, I'm not like overweight but at the same time I like to eat different try different food and all so which is very much available in Ontario when it comes to Toronto and, and the different places because uh, we have a lot of diversity here uh, people move from different places you'll find any kind of food everything available at a single place uh, if you go to any market you find pretty much all the variety of food from different countries available and authentic things so you can actually try different things try different culture get into those things right so it's more like a multicultural country uh, which gives you experience on not only uh, canadian but also from different other parts of the world more like arabic chinese um, indians and all those different um, variety of cultures we have right so that's uh, that's happened quite frequently and i, I I'm, I'm a social guy so i used to go and network with people Nice, nice. What do you do? What do you do in Toronto? What's uh, what do you do for fun there? 
I work from home mostly, uh, but whenever I get a chance, I go to downtown Toronto, where you see a underground pathways. It's called Toronto Path, uh, where whole new cities actually, like uh, all the different places built inside it, uh, where you simply go and walk around because it's a very cold outside. So again, that's more like a temperature control to a certain extent. Um, which provides uh, uh, more like all the pretty pretty option available which on the top of the city. So it's underground, uh, pretty much uh, all, all things are there. Uh, but now when it comes to cold, Canada is very uh, probably like one of the best way to organize cold. Like if you go to Dubai or any other country in Middle East, it's very hot. So they actually uh, build infrastructure to control that temperature. So you don't feel it until unless out of 24 hours you just go out for one hour two hours that's only the time you feel but most of the time it's controlled so similarly here until unless you're going out for a few minutes you feel cold else everything it's pretty pretty much temperature control right so you don't feel that cold even it's a six or eight months in a year right um and again, um, Canada is one of the uh, founding countries for all the new, uh, one of the technologies which we are working on as a decentralized finance or DeFi systems. So I like to go to downtown Toronto to meet people, uh, what they are doing in, apart from Microsoft community on the BizApp side, just what exactly they're doing, uh, what upcoming things are coming up on the market, product side, new launches, etc. right? So I'm very much interested in to involved on those other communities apart from Microsoft apps. So tell us a bit about that, you know, particularly in light of what's going on in the world right now, what's what's your perception of, of these alternative um, finance systems, if you like, that, you know, the blockchain potentially provides? Sure. So blockchain, as we know, uh, pretty much all the system at the moment, uh, globally, it's as application side is built on centralized system, right? We have a centralized database. If you consider any apps, which you and me working on, which controlled by uh, one network system, right? Which basically centralized the data, like control the information. Uh, what exactly, I'm not going to talk about the more as a, uh, it's a currency side of blockchain, Bitcoin, but I just want to more focus on the technology side. So blockchain, as you know, it's more like decentralized. So it's a distribution ledger, which actually controlled by hundreds of thousands of nodes, which are nothing but a network of computers. Uh, something we learned like basics of networking when we are uh, in schools, uh, we actually learn about the, how the network was, how the different uh, layers of the networking exist, right? So very similar concept uh, we have on the blockchain side, which basically take a reference of another information and store for a secret ledger, right? So that this, the ledger is so such a secure and uh, it take a reference of another uh, blocks actually uh, and make a chain every, let's say, depending on the technology you work on. Uh, after every some frequency or cadence, uh, the block is going to create it, which stores some information, right? Uh, so that's again, a um, lot of companies nowadays, what they are doing, uh, few is based in uh, Toronto, Ontario, uh, some in US. Uh, so they are actually building a, a decentralized application which will be used by uh, more like a businesses, let's say, take an example for Walmart or you take an example banks uh, in order to use, uh, uh, in order to not exactly replace, but just try some new innovative technology, how they can provide access to their vendors, uh, to their uh, different departments to use the decentralized technologies, right? So that's again, it's a, it's a very kind of innovation 
where we are going ahead of not only using the centralized but decentralized technology and and uh, go into that tech tech space right and the next part of this whole blockchain is the currency point of view right where there are financial and other things happen like you talk about the coins and other things tokens and everything come into the picture right so that's a whole different world of uh, discussion on on when it comes to the the tech tech side right financial side so i'm not a financial expert but yeah i try to learn as much as i can uh, on on those side is there any is there any crossover in what you do to um uh, to what you do with, you know, the Power Platform or Dynamics? Yeah, so what exactly it does, like a few few years back, I um, when I get introduced to the technology, it was one of the meetup in downtown Toronto. Um, I liked about it and I spent some time to learn. Uh, there is a tons of information available nowadays because it's, it's again a very big community. Um, you go to uh, Twitter space uh, and you'll see so many things going on around it so it's it's a similar type of community which we have as Microsoft Biz Apps right so what I does differently I try to uh, build and invoke get into the uh, uh, IBM Hyperledger which is again a very much uh, involved in one of the uh, foundation courses so I actually did a certification recently just to understand this how the tech uh, work actually behind the technology behind the scene um, and now the next phase is basically I'm not actually not at the moment not decided to get into and involved into full full-fledged uh, into the space uh, but I'm just trying myself to learn something new and it may help me in future to to involve in some of the new innovations right so you know uh, things are changing very fast so I like to just up to date in the market I'm not planning to make any make any application on blockchain but there are certain companies who's trying to do it right so because still like it's a very new space very new technology we don't know the future right how things will go um, how the adoption will work uh, when it comes to user side so that's a still I'm on I'm, I'm actually keeping myself updated on the tech side and let's see how things will go right so uh, that's that's going on, but I I try to involve as much as I can when I'm not doing anything else, like not exactly doing and working on a project or designing sales or marketing application. Tell me about your day job. What do you do? What's it, what's your your bread and butter in the biz apps world? Sure. So I started my career in um, after my MBA sometime in 2014. Um, so how I introduce into the business application, I would just like to give a quick walkthrough. Um, so when I was in MBA, uh, I found and, you know, as you in MBA, you teach and uh, you learn about a lot of case studies, business, failure, successful, and all these things, right? So during that case studies and all uh, during my MBA, I personally found uh, there is a, in all the companies, it's either a fail or success. There is a technology behind the scene. So it's technology is more like an enablement, right? If you talk about any business right nowadays, they have website, they have actually some or multiple application right, running. So application, nothing but the technology for us, right? Uh, you consider as, let's say, a customer service application or any kind of app, pick any industry. The higher the reach, it's only possible with the technology. So that's one of the things I personally liked the tech is the one of the industry which get into all the different uh, industry and domain and uh, penetrate inside and bring the new system 
and give you new perception and um, the whole new technology, like whole new space for the consumer and for the customers, right? So that's why I thought, okay, let's get into the biz app or the, the application side of things, right? There was tons of different application you have, right? So then one of my friends introduced me to a business application, more like a digital transformation, not focus on Microsoft, but just a just an application which controls some sales data. As, as I worked on that project, as after my MBA, I realized there is something big going on. And I get into the more discussions, local meetups, actually uh, understanding the network and start building the network on LinkedIn. And I personally found there is a lot going on, which I know uh, knew about uh, during that time. So then I get into the Microsoft uh, uh, app business application. I joined a company as a uh, with as a Microsoft partner, um, um, and I started working as a consultant uh, to learn about that product, right? To learn about the business application. So from it's almost like eight to nine years now. I'm 100% doing uh, more like consulting, designing, architecting, and all those things, and 100% focus on CE. I tried during that uh, early stage of my career to go into the uh, Accepta, which is now FNO, right? Um, I get into implementation of retail, uh, which is a now uh, uh, you, you have FNO retail. So I get into a retail implementation, some manufacturing implementation. Even I try to learn and get into financial implementation for FNO. And uh, during that early stage, I personally found that this is something that's not exciting and uh, I don't want to get into the operations side of business, right? So then I then I get into uh, the whole picture of customer engagement side, which is more uh, compared to finance, it's more easy to do it and create some quick values to customers, right? Uh, so that's I introduced to it. And from there... I'm able to get a good success actually around um, the business application side. Then I moved to Canada after a few years. And uh, while working here, again, I did the same thing. I went to multiple events. I watched your videos. Uh, um, what exactly going on? Then then I introduced to there's something called as MVP, right? So then I understand, okay, what is an MVP? Then I, I start meeting people. I understand what is an MVP, how to become one, and all those things, right? So I thought, okay, let's spend another year and two before I make myself and start preparing for it. So I actually joined one of your 90 days mentoring session, right? Which is uh, sometime in 2019 or 2019, I think, uh, which gives me tons of information how to be an MVP and... Um, and then I started following uh, people who are existing MVP, trying to contact them and understand, get a mentorship around things. And I start contributing to community. Uh, yeah, so the thing is, um, during that whole whole journey, actually, I personally found, uh, so what I was thinking, you in order to become an MVP for the first time, you have to do 100 or 120 or 70, any pick any random number, number of contributions. Right. And while doing it, I found it's not about number of competition. It's not about a number of contribution. It's about how quality contribution you can make and how much impact you can make to the community. Right. The end user experience. So that's so I put my case study brain inside it and I thought, OK, yeah, I have to make it very, uh, very good, uh, good quality content created, not exactly just creating writing blocks every day for next uh, three months. Right. It does not make sense. So 
then I start picking uh, the issues and the things I'm learning in and start writing blogs. So uh, sometime I, uh, in a month, I return some six to seven blogs and in all the blogs, actually, which I'm writing, I started putting on medium.com, which is one of the uh, uh, the, the blog, like content website, which is, yeah, so which gives more reach to me. It's if I just focus on WordPress, which is limited, right? So the blogs I return in 2020 or 2021, it gives me average view of right now 6,000 to 7,000 in, in a quarter. So if you consider, let's say, every single block I return, let's say, take, pick any like top 10, uh, which give me view of um, the, for 15 to 16,000 views in a year. So uh, th so that's, I realized, that's the power of uh, the quality you need to write. So then I focused on writing. Uh, I keep writing it, I publishing it. And at the same time, I thought, let's get into um, speaking also. Let's get into virtual or in-person events and start speaking and build all those things. So I try to do all all the different type of contribution you have to do, uh, serving community, right? So that's something I started doing it. And uh, the whole thing started for the MVP side. Then one day I thought, okay, I think I'm, I'm good. I'm ready for to be an MVP. So I reached out to MVP, let like, please uh, nominate me. And uh, Joel Lindstrom, one of the MVP, he, he recommend me and he, yeah, he, he um, promote me and actually uh, now I'm sitting here almost like third or fourth renewal. I love it. I love it. I love it. Last question for you. What's been, what's been the best thing since becoming an MVP? Best thing uh, after becoming an MVP uh, is the network actually, the kind of network I'm able to build uh, after being an MVP. Um, it's not about title. It's about how you are serving people and what kind of uh, contribution you are able to make. So contribution in a sense, mentorship. In last two to three years, I'm able to mentor almost like 25 people who are now uh, joined one of the partner base, neither in Canada or US and working full time, who these guys was not uh, sure what exactly they are going to do and how to be a part of the, let's say, power platform consulting or business application consulting, right? So that's one of the things because they reach out to me. I'm able to provide a mentorship. I use ask them to just follow your heart and the path where you want to go, right? And uh, that that makes a big impact uh, at the end of the day, right? Because uh, we are providing the, some real changes in, in the community. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again and see you next time.